Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, we're back in the studio. How's it going? It's good, man. It's good to see you. I um, I am marveled by your mustache. <laughs> okay. It's getting long. It's getting pretty good. You've got a um, definitely like a... Oh, private investigator vibe going. Okay. Like you, like you were on the force for a little while and then decided, you know what? This isn't for me. I want to be my own boss. And then you, you went into private investigating. PI Spencer over here looking good. Well, you should see it when I, uh, I wear my aviator sunglasses, man. Oh man. Yeah. Like a firefighter. That's the look these days with those guys. Mustaches and aviators. Well, I should have, um, I've never, I've never fully committed to the mustache quite like, quite like you have several times. I've seen you do this a lot over the years. We've been doing this. Well, I, I this is, this is a light commitment. I, I didn't shave the beard. It's trimmed like as short as my, whatever you want to call them. The trimmers will go without actually cutting everything off. Right. So. But then I, I haven't touched the mustache, and it's grown out. And I use a little bit of wax to get it out of my mouth. Smart. That's, that's the that's the worst. Is growing a mustache? And it's like all <laughs> hanging, like and it curls into your. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, mustache talk. We were uh, we were <laughs> we were on the road this past week. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us on the the post game. We had a little bit of a crowd there. No uh, no bold takers to come off mute ask any questions, but we, we had some, some, some right in the chat. Uh, but you guys hung with us on the, uh, the dip and audio quality. Oh, yeah. I, I just ran from my phone. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do any kind of audio post-processing. I just, I took it basically as the recording came from Spotify and I uploaded it and granted it was a, a, a exciting overtime win. I was one of our highest downloaded episodes in quite some time. So, well, thanks I was taking with us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for following through because those are the only ones I go back and listen to just to see um, what they sounded like. And yeah, I could tell. I don't know what happened. I promise I didn't drop my phone on the floor halfway through the episode. Yeah. So usually, um, like I, I'll record the Spotify sessions, and I've, I I use the audio that I get back from them as like a backup. But I'll just I'll run it through the board that I'm using now. 
and I'll just use that audio. When I got the audio back from Spotify, for whatever reason, your audio, I could hear you perfectly fine night of. You came back and it was like, you could barely even hear anything. I was like, yeah. what is, what's going on? And, and for anybody, like, I don't adjust your, your, your microphone or your, your, uh, your volume there, which is too late because I just turned it down. But Michael's audio came back super low. It was like, anyways, I, I had to go like, it's a good thing. We're, we've gotten so much better about this, not, not talking over each other. I could just go in and boost up all, all your time that you were talking. It didn't sound too awful. Anyways, we're back. We're being the 23 personnel studio for the foreseeable future. There'll be uh, probably some, some upgraded equipment that you will never notice, but it'll be fun for us. So that's coming Christmas time. You excited for, for the holidays, Michael? I know you and said you had a Thanksgiving early. Yes, I did, but I had Wednesday, Thursday and Friday off work. And so I, I got a nice taste of not going into work and, it, and brother, it was good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to another round of that in a few weeks. And I know that you were off a lot too, but you were traveling for at least four days of that. Yeah. We, so uh, you probably didn't quite get the same, <laughs> the same experience I did. We drove to Dallas Tuesday, Tuesday night. It, it, we ended up leaving so, so late Tuesday because everything got, just got backed up and delayed. We ended up leaving until like seven Tuesday night. When the plan was eat lunch, then hit the road, and we left at seven. That was. It's a little late. The, like I usually don't get stressed out about traveling except for leaving. I have a very particular time. Like I, I have it. Like whatever it is that we plan on, like that. That's the thing that I, I get hung up on. Like, well, okay. So, so we said we're leaving at one. It's twelve thirty-eight. We have not eaten lunch yet. We are not going to hit the road by when it like stresses me the heck out. I was a mess Tuesday. Samantha was like, dude, you need to chill. Well, I mean, it's a seven hour delay. I, yeah. I'm kind of with you, man. I, I think I'd have been losing it too. Like we're, we're leaving the house an hour and a half after the sun went down and we're going to drive five hours. Yeah. Anyways, so then we, hey, we you, you did it. <laughs> spend the night with my, my mom's house. Then we loaded up Wednesday morning. No rush, but we were again, we left about an hour later than we thought we were going to Wednesday and drove to my grandmother's house in Mississippi. Another five-hour drive. It was always a six-hour drive growing up, but uh, it was five hours this time. Would have been a lot of a lot of traffic on twenty. Yeah, as there tends yeah. to be. Anyways, uh, so Tuesday, Wednesday were the trip to Mississippi. Then I spent Wednesday night, all of Thursday, all of Friday, and then got back on the road Saturday. Saturday back to Dallas. We got into town right before kickoff, so I was watching it on my phone in the car as we were running around and picking up dinner, I got Griff's hamburgers. So for those in the Dallas area, you know what I'm talking about. Got me a Griff burger. It was so fantastic. Um, and then Sunday, drove the rest of the way back. But we're here for the foreseeable future. Like I said, uh, my mom is coming for Christmas, so we're not going to Dallas. Um, and then anything past that, we don't usually travel in the spring, but with the baby, we'll be, we'll be locked down. So, so that's a little trip. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Anyways, seven minutes in. We're talking about football tonight, Michael. Yeah, we are. Texas Tech has one game left in the 2022 football season. We will know what 
that is on Sunday, potentially. But we're going to talk about the OU game. We're going to do a brief season wrap-up recap. Almost like a, like our, our instant reactions. We'll, we'll give like high-level thoughts, and we'll do our more in-depth stuff uh, after the season, or at least after um, like next week once we get a little more time to digest it. I have some some questions for you, Michael, on the quarterbacks. There was an interesting comment that came out from Tyler Shuck in the post-game press conference. Uh, we're going to touch on season stats and uh, compare them to last year. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, I was a little surprised to see these numbers and not in a good way. Um, and then we'll talk about basketball because we got plenty of basketball coming up. Uh, we had three games over the break. Uh, we've got one game tomorrow. Schedule just keeps on rolling on. Hit conference play in less than a month now. Um, but first, want to let everybody know this episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to bring what is it? It's the intersection of sports and not sports. Like, like us, 23 personnel, food and sports. Uh, they're here to help us grow and to hand on your favorite team. So go check them out online or on social. You can go to sportsdrink.org or type in at sportsdrink on Instagram. It's spelled like sportsdrink, but without the vowels. All we ask that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. And with that, Michael, let's get to basketball. Nope, football. We're going to do football first. Turn on some music. Escape and that picked off. Back to back turnovers and water. One of the other way. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw it. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throw to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. We'll have to cut a new one of those here in a little bit, Michael. Get some 2022 highlights. Those are all from last season. We'll get them all updated. We've got exciting field goals to replace Garibay's field goal. I mean, yeah, we do. 62 yards, but man, Wolf, uh, throughout the season, like what, maybe half of his kicks were to tie the game, send it into overtime, or to win the game. 
It seemed like it. I mean, it seemed like they were very high pressure kicks most most of the time, if if not half the time at the least. Yeah. So let's let's talk about OU. Uh, this game this past weekend. Um, start with the offense as we normally do. The uh, offense first quarter. It's a forgettable experience. It's pretty bad. Oof. Yeah. Uh, and granted, it was tied into also playing the Iowa State defense. But they're like, they're really like, that's five straight quarters of just bad defense, or sorry, bad offense from Texas Tech. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was bad. I don't, I don't know where you fall on the, uh, on the play call, the very first play of the game, if that was going to be, like, if you anticipated that was going to be the play call, if they took the ball to 25 or, uh, or if it was something they were just going to do wherever. What was it? Some kind of reverse or something? It looked it like was, it was going to be a double reverse pass, like almost exactly what OU did in overtime, but they blew it up and hit Sir Roger Thompson before he could pitch it back. Okay. Yeah, I... It, no, I don't care for that because to me that sounded like a, a scripted first drive. And yeah, it would have made more sense if it had been at the 25 or in our in our real world, the 18. With the 17, whatever hey, it usually is. The 21. Come on now. Okay, the 21, the 24. Um, that would have made more sense there, but I don't think they took advantage of the 60-something yard return and tried to just run the ball. It, it, that, to me, felt like a script that they weren't going to toss out, even though the field position was like 50 yards better than they're used to getting. I don't what, know. what did you think about it? I hated it. I hated every second of it. Um <laughs> Because it did, it, uh, if, my friend Adam did too, he was texting me immediately like, what are we doing on this first play? And I, and I think he would have sent that regardless <laughs> if, if the fumble worked or not. I mean, if, if, the, if the fumble had happened or not, I think I would have gotten that same text. Well, yeah. Cause uh, I don't know if you remember first play of the game versus Murray state was a flea flicker. Like, yeah, I do remember that. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, for that, that time against Murray state, it worked, but, um, I, Murray State's I, also won two games this year. So I, I would have thought that that felt like a we're going to take a shot uh, because the field position just like really jump on o- Oklahoma. Um, and had it worked out, like we probably would have been like, Kitley's a genius. And we would have been like, like because the, 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 the beginning of the game probably would have felt a whole lot different. It would have gone differently. Um, but it didn't. You, uh, you got down 17. Um, you scored your first touchdown, then you were down 18 because you missed an extra point. But Texas Tech there did bounce back offensively. Middle two quarters of that game, you outscored Oklahoma 38 to 17. You out, you know, put up three more touchdowns over that time than they did. Um, and then obviously outscored them in overtime, which is where it really counts. Uh, through the air, you had six different receivers with three or more catches, four with four or more, two with six or more catches. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago and how typically the games have gone in Texas Tech's favor when they rush the ball more than 41 times. You ran the ball 45 times for a net of 163 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hutchings gave that, that touchdown was awesome. It was great. And I wish and it wasn't game to, 12, but yeah, know. I know. And shout out to Mainville. Cause I, I think, he tweeted this after the game already that was just kind of a friendly reminder. Hey, Hutchings rushed for almost 800 yards his senior year in high school. 
Yeah, I did. Just, just in case anyone forgot. Um, and I did want to point out too, you know, to see Shuck have a, such a good connection with Jerron Bradley, uh, because that's not something we've seen this year at all. I mean, Bradley had eight catches for 173 yards, including a, a beautiful bomb for that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I wouldn't be positive on this aside from maybe that one game that miles price had 13 catches. This has got to be the, the most yards by any tech receiver this year, maybe even in the last couple in a game. Uh, I don't know about last couple. I know cause I was on the, the tech website today and I, I saw a tab for superlatives and I think it's, it's new just for the end of the season. And yeah, his 160, whatever, how many yards he had, were the most receiving yards this season. Um, number of receptions in a game was Miles Price against Texas. I think he had like 14. No, not yeah, Miles it Price. Was, it was, um, yes. No, I think it, yes, was, it was Price. Price. I, yeah. I was getting confused with Xavier White. It wasn't Xavier White. It was Miles Price. Yeah, because um, I remember it was Price because then we were, uh, we were previewing K-State like the week after that, and their top receiver had like 17 on the year. Yeah. And Price just had 13 or something. So I just, I enjoyed that dichotomy there. And then K-State rolled us. But yeah, Bradley, 173 yards in one game. I would have to go back to the tape. I can't think of the last time that we had a receiver have that many yards in a game. Um, I mean, back to Who's your Wesley. Guess? Wesley okay. would be Wesley. my guess. See, I, I would go with uh, Grant. Really? Yeah, like the. You think it's been that far? How do we look this up? I don't know. Like <laughs> 2015 Oklahoma State. Let's see, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Because I, and this is going off of the memory. Like he had that one play that went like 90 yards. Uh, yeah. Where he didn't score. Um, I'm just gonna look up statistical leaders because it's got to be pretty close. Single game receiving yards. Uh, let's see. Jakeem Grant, 13 catches, 178 receiving yards. Now, I don't know if this, that was the last Ooh. time it's happened. And get ready for an autoplay video because I'm on ESPN here. But <laughs> but you were totally right. It was that game was the one you were thinking of. So, uh, yeah, this doesn't crack the top 10. I thought it might. But, yeah, the number 10 is Lloyd Hill with 222. So the top 10 is all that I can easily see. Sorry, everybody. I know this is riveting, but man, I just, it's just not something we've seen in a while is a a dominant game by a wide receiver. And so that was great. And something that uh, I think we should credit shut quite a bit because Bradley didn't, you know, maybe one game he got over a hundred yards before this. I, I don't think it was very many. And you mentioned Trey Wolf. I kind of wanted to shout him out. 18 of 21 on the year. Hit his career long, or tied his career long of 51 yards. Hit mm-hmm. it twice. Uh, you know, hadn't missed a field goal since October 8th. Although he did have that one blocked. That was during a Venables timeout. So good job by you, Brent. He also missed one as he was trying to be iced. Uh, I can't remember the game it was, whether it was Baylor or West Virginia. They oh, called a right. timeout. He kicked it anyways, and he missed it. Like he missed it left, but then when he, when when he actually kicked for real, he hit it right in the middle. 
who's like, hey, I got a, I got a chance to figure. Okay, that that kick was going to be left. Let's 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 recenter and aim a little farther to the right. Yeah. Uh, just real quickly, Jerron Bradley uh, this year. I just kind of wanted to see. Oh come on, they don't give me his game by game stats. What is up with your site, Texas Tech? Oh, there we go. Now it popped up. Nope, still not right. Okay, now we got it. Yeah, let's see. He had 119 yards on eight catches at Oklahoma State. And he had six receptions for 108 yards versus Murray State. And then uh, that was was his best production until, of course, the game against OU. So finally got to see what he was able to do. And I've been talking about it all year. I kind of just wonder if it was just a QB wide receiver miscommunication that just wasn't really coming to fruition, but can't really say that when Shuck started the last two games and he had a combined six catches. So they found something out on Saturday and it worked well. Yeah. What didn't work well was your defense. And I don't want to like, I want to harp on it too hard because it's not something that you've had. Like it, it, the games you lost this year, it never really felt like the defense was a problem. It, if you had lost this game, it would have been a combination of the defense not being able to stop anything from Oklahoma, but also that that terrible start. Your pass defense got torched, man. You gave up 16 yards per completion. Uh, of course, Mims and, and Weiss just just had their way with you. I mean, they whether or not you uh, you interfered with them or not, they were, they were yeah. catching the balls. They they like maybe catch of the year behind the back of, uh, was it Malik Dunlap? Um, I don't know. If it wasn't Dunlap, it might've been waters. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Uh, on the ground, Eric gray, 28 carries, 168 yards. It, it, it felt like if Venables or Levy were really any better of a coach, like they would have been able to, to ride that game out. Um, so some big plays, uh, Reggie Pearson that hit on gray as he was, he was trying to turn the corner, um, and just got absolutely blasted. And then, uh, when he hit Gabriel in overtime on that, that pass, um, that entire possession for Oklahoma was just, <laughs> it was so good for the Texas tech defense. So you had that, that first play, it was, a that double reverse pass um, where Gabriel got lit up. Then they went with their backup quarterback slash tight end to run a wildcat play. And then they had two straight quarterback runs or options, whatever it was um, that got blown up in the backfield to force the the field goal attempt that was on the, on the, on the hash um, that from everybody's angle that we could tell, tell, went behind the the upright uh, before it was what you would have seen in between the uprights. Um, and then again, just that, that Hutchings touchdown run was just, a, I loved it. I, it, it felt like they were just like, once they put him in, they're like, we're going to figure out, we're going to force feed this. Cause the, the, the first plan, if remember this, they threw to him. Yes. <laughs> he laid out yeah. for, he's like, that's not, that's, you're not that guy. <laughs> yeah, Shuck threw behind him a little bit, and, and maybe he expected Hutchings to run a little bit crisper route or something. We're talking I don't about know, it, but he threw behind him a little bit. Talking about a three hundred pound defensive lineman. So yeah.
it's a lot to stop. So with that, you uh, I know everybody's been talking about this ad nauseum, but seven and five, you finished fourth in the Big 12. You were picked to, pick, picked to finish ninth. Obviously, like I said, everybody's been blown up. It's the first time you've beaten Texas and Oklahoma the same season, the first time you've had a winning record in conference play in 13 years. Um, only one team ahead of you, and the standings beat you. Or, or no, hold on. No, the the three teams ahead of you did not beat you in Lubbock. You you had no other Big Twelve team uh, had more home wins than you did this year. You were six and one on the year, uh, and that one loss was to Baylor, who was six and six. So you don't even have to worry about you know any kind of tiebreaker or whatever with them. Uh, you you wish you could have had games like Oklahoma State back, especially the way they just absolutely folded this year. Goodness, yeah. Um, but the uh, the first year wrap for McGuire, I mean, seven and five, uh, he took a team that went six and six last year with a coaching change, was able to do what he did offensively with three different quarterbacks that started four games um, each, uh, which we'll get to that in a little bit. It's just, it's impressive. So we'll we'll, we'll get to the season wrap here in a second. Uh, next up, though, is a bowl game. Um, I don't know how much your your slot is going to depend on how TCU does this weekend in the conference title game. I w- like I really don't think anybody's spot is in the playoff is pretty solid except for maybe Georgia because I think if if um if Michigan loses to Purdue and then you get a Michigan and Ohio State with both one losses like who's got the better resume there? Ohio State does. Their one loss is a Michigan, where Michigan's one loss would be to eight and four Purdue. Um, TCU, like, I don't know if it would be like Big Twelve bias or like you know against the Big Twelve prejudice, if you will. But I feel like you know a lot of what we've talked about. We just never believed in TCU. I think if they lose a game, if they go twelve and one, I think everybody's like, well, uh, see, mm, I knew it. I told you. Um, and they'll just find a way to not have them in there. Um, so I, I, I don't really, I don't really know like outside of Georgia, whose spot is really, um, solidified in, in the playoff. So I, I, again, the bowl projections that were like, well, I guess the, the point I was getting back to, I think for Texas tech really depends on TCU beating Kansas state again and making it to the playoff. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And what what helps a little bit or should help, but won't because Kansas State isn't, quote unquote, a traditional power, but they're ranked number 10 by the by the CFP committee. I mean, as of tonight, can your Kansas State Wildcats are ranked number 10? They're 13 in the AP. So the college football playoff committee bumped them up a little bit more. Um, they're the highest ranked nine and three team in the country. Uh, they're ahead of nine and three Utah. They're ahead of ten and two Washington State. They're ahead of Florida State. So, I, I think that hopefully kind of works into their favor, to where they can say, "Sure, TCU lost by two, but they lost to a top ten team <laughs> at a neutral site in a team that they had already that they had already won or beaten." So maybe it'll work in their favor. But yeah. I'd, 
I'm with you. I'm I'm not rooting for TCU. I'm not a Big 12 conference guy either, but I'm turning into one a little bit because yeah, I think if there's a way for TCU to fall out of this, they'll figure out how to do it. Um, you know, if if USC wins convincingly and TCU loses, um, they may more than swap. You know, they they may f- bump USC up to three and bump Ohio State back into it. I don't know. It's just it's going to be it's going to make somebody mad. I know that. But the simple thing, TCU, all you got to do is just win, baby. Just win. Just win one more. Just win 13 in a row. Good Lord. Never um, and never would I would have taken any bet anyone would have offered me before the season. Hey, man, would you bet your right arm <laughs> at TCU, uh, you know, loses a game before December? Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, conference championship game in the Cowboys Stadium, it's going to be fairly empty, don't you think? I don't know, man. I mean, I think the TCU, K-State fans... Like, TCU can't fill up their own stadium. They're in the Metroplex. They have 45,000 seats. Kansas State tr- does travel, but are they going to take up 70,000 seats? I, you know, okay, that's that's fair. I mean, in a place that's got a hundred thousand seats. It's not going to be full, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get 70 or 80 there. I think there's a lot of t-shirt TCU fans that surprisingly come out according to my friend who lives South of Fort Worth. Then why weren't they going to the games this year? I don't know, but this is inside. So that takes away all of that. Maybe there's people that didn't want to be outside. And then you've got, I mean, I just think the K-State, K-State group's going to travel. They I are, think Kansas State fans will outnumber TCU like two to one. I, know, and I be, think it's fortunate for TCU that they're all wearing purple. But see, it, it, yeah, it's going to be difficult to tell because it's going to be purple on purple. But um, anyways, I, I just I, I just one more shot at, at, at TCU, I guess. We've got to. We've got to take one. I mean, they're 12-0. We, we've got to take our shots how we can. So um, assuming – or. Given the the assumption that TCU wins this weekend, I think everybody's kind of looking at Texas Tech going to the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, right? Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the thing that I picked just kind of the quote-unquote top five that came up when I searched Big 12 or bowl projections. And outside of Sports Illustrated and USA Today, the other three I picked, Athlon Sports, CBS, and Yahoo, all picked the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, out of those three, only CBS picked North Carolina. Athlon has Athlon and Yahoo both agree it would be against Florida State, who is currently ranked like number twelve right now. What did I just say? Thirteen, and they were really, you know, already up in their fields about playing lowly Texas Tech. So I would love to play Florida State right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it looks like that's kind of the general consensus, although USA Today kind of threw a wild card in and has Texas Tech playing in the Alamo Bowl versus UCLA. So that that would be uh, – Tech would be jumping Texas there in the bowl order. Right? Yeah. Because – Yes. Because the uh, if I'm reading the, the USA Today right, they've got TCU in, the, in the, the playoffs. They've got Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl versus Alabama – 
Sorry, Kansas State. You're going to get – if that's the game you're going to, you're getting – yeah. Um, It'll be fine. They'll be good. And then Texas State versus UCLA, Texas Tech, and then Texas going to the Cheez-It Bowl versus Florida State. So I, I wonder if, if whoever put this together kind of flipped those two on, on accident. Yeah, it could have been on accident or uh, there, there's been – I think Texas has been to the Alamo Bowl a, a few lot. more times yeah. more recently than obviously Texas Tech has. Texas Tech last went, that was Leach's last season, right? Yeah, 09 versus Michigan State. I love that game. Yeah, that was yeah, a I great love, game. That I was love, a gritty game. I love that bowl game for um, for, for the Big 12 because it's the first non-New Year's Six Bowl that you yeah. get. But what's what's interesting, and, and I wonder if it's for the same reason, uh, of the five I randomly decided to choose, none of them mentioned the Texas Bowl, which I thought that's a no-brainer. That's in Houston. Yes, Tech was last there in 2015, but that was seven years ago. Um, I'm, I'm sure the – I don't know. With COVID, there might be one random player that's still on that team. I don't know. But the entire cycle has completed. We've had like three head coaches since then. So, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't turn my nose up at Houston by any stretch of the means, but I, I am a little bit perturbed at Sports Illustrated for throwing tech in the first responders bowl <laughs> versus Air Force. I do kind of take some issue with that. Because that's like sixth or seventh on the list. Yes. Like yeah. That's one of the last ones that you would get into the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that and guaranteed rate are kind of like your your bottom two. And I was I was thinking, I think Tech deserves a little bit more than that. But yeah, we're yeah, not too after, good to play. We're not too good to play Air Force. That's no, not that's not the thing. That's poor troops. No, because after after the New Year's Six, it goes um, Alamo, Cheez It, um, Cheez Its, <laughs> uh, Texas, Liberty. And then we get into the guaranteed rate and first responders and pretty sure. Yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So I, I would expect uh cheese at bowl versus ACC. So it's looking like either Florida state or North Carolina. I'd love either one of those. The the game I just saw Florida state versus Florida them. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be concerned in your chances in that game. <laughs> they look pretty good, but We'll get to that when uh, when the rankings, not the rankings, when the projections and invitations and bids go out this weekend. Um, the college football playoff rankings, we kind of touched on it. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, USC 4, with Ohio State and Alabama on the outside looking in. Um, championship weekend, man. We got through uh, rivalry, rivalry weekend. <sighs> And now we just said it, not me. And now we've got championship weekend. Uh, obviously, Kansas State and TCU playing for the Big Twelve championship. Um, Utah USC for the Pac twelve. Uh, Georgia LSU for the SEC. UCF Tulane. Man, Tulane's like rocketed up the past couple of years. Clemson North Carolina for ACC. Purdue eight and four Purdue versus twelve and zero Michigan, and the big 10. We, we were talking about them on the radio show a few weeks ago. They had like the big 10 West, I believe is where Purdue plays. Oh yeah. Like and everybody was tied with that. And they're like, they would be like fifth in the East. Like they're <laughs> the number one team in the one division 
what would be like fifth or sixth in the opposite division uh, because they had Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and I think even Michigan State uh, had, were up there like eight and four, nine and three area. Well, and you mentioned you mentioned Tulane, and I just wanted to throw this out there. You know, did you see the whole hubbub about it was kind of sort of announced by the media on Twitter that Willie Fritz was headed to Georgia Tech? And then later on, it was announced by Willie Fritz and Tulane themselves. No, he's not. He's staying here. That's like a, it's twice it's happened. The past couple of weeks of, of a story leaking out and the coach black. Hmm, that'd be news to me. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. But I wanted to point out a couple of things. You know, the Big 12, of course, is down this year because Texas and OU didn't make the Big 12 championship. Um, but you've got a 9-3 and three team versus a 12-0 and 0 team. The spread is two and a half. Yeah. It's a competitive game. It's going to be a very good game. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this one. Meanwhile, just what you were kind of touching on already, Michigan, 12-0 Michigan is favored 16.5 against Purdue. These are neutral sites, all of them. And then uh, Georgia, good gosh almighty, Georgia is favored 17.5 in a championship game against the West champion LSU who's nine and three who just got housed by Texas A&M in college station. So yeah, I, so they're no longer fifth, but like what's up no. to me, it was a one versus five matchup and there was the 17 and a half point spread. Yeah. Yo, that that's bizarre. I mean, it's, it's just, it, I, I think there's just a lot of bias. I know there always will be, but um, to me, a close line in a championship game, even if it's a conference, I don't really want to sing praises about, but USC, Utah, USC is only favored three. That's going to be a good game. You know, Tulane and UCF, even though that's the AAC, UCF's come in this direction and Tulane's only favored three and a half, even North Carolina and Clemson, Clemson's favored eight and a half. I mean, that's going to be competitive too, but, and who knows these other ones might, I'm sure LSU wasn't picked to lose like they did in college station. So, Georgia may have a rough night. I don't know. There's no telling. But uh, that just kind of struck me as one of those things where you can't brag about your conference so much when the two best from them play each other and it's not even supposed to be close. Yeah, it's projected to be a blowout. Yep. So with the game this weekend, TCU, Kansas State, how do you uh, – you, you want to you share any thoughts, lines, predictions – no, I, I don't have a whole lot there. I, I am going to pick TCU to win and cover um, just because <laughs> I kind of want a Big 12 representative in there, even if it's them. Um, and it, it's kind of nice to just not have it be Texas or OU. But then, and I think I would take the over too. The over is set at 62. I don't know what the score. I, I hadn't thought that much on, on the uh, score, but... I would I would take the over. I think they'll both be um, firing and ready to play. Both of these offenses can put up some points. I don't think it would take much to get to sixty-two. Well, TCU played Iowa State this weekend and put up like sixty points on them, which was yes, 
just astounding. And I don't, I, I didn't watch any of that game, so I don't know if like Iowa State just like didn't play; they just didn't show up, or how that worked. But that offensive output for TC was was a little surprising. Not that they're not that they're bad, just that they were able to do that against the Iowa State defense, which hasn't been played that way this year. So, um, but see, here's the thing, though. Like, I think if they lose, like the playoff committee is going to be chomping at the bit to put in Ohio State or, or Alabama back in there, and like, I, I don't know. If TCU plays and they play like Michigan, do you think that's going to be a competitive game? I Gosh, don't. not the Michigan team I watched on Saturday. Holy cow. I, I saw the most of the second half of that game. And it was one of those games I thought, man, I don't really care about Big Ten football, but it was one of the most competitive ones on TV when I started watching it at least. <laughs> and then they just blew the doors off of them. Um yeah, I, TCU's defense would have their hands full trying to stop that running back. I can't think of the kid's name, but good gravy. I mean, I watched him break two, like, 70-yard runs just in 30 minutes. Yeah, and, so, and if they fell to the fort, like, if, whatever, if, like, USC just blows out Utah and TCU struggles with Kansas State, and they end up flipping those and they get Georgia, woof. Yeah, and I haven't watched much Georgia. Uh, I just know that they, they are really been, good. They've been really good. <laughs> well, here's um, the thing, though. See, I, I I can catch myself. I think I would rather them make the playoff and then get housed than not make it at all. <laughs> and and I think I could live with that. And I think most people could live with that. If well, TC I, made it and then they got beat by 21 by somebody, it's like, eh, all right, I don't care. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. My my concern would be it would just continue to perpetuate uh, that the Big Twelve just isn't any good. That you put yeah. in a thirteen and zero conference champion and they just get housed in the playoff. Like when Oklahoma played in the playoffs, that they, they weren't ever close. Yeah, they had that one. I think against Georgia one year. I swear it went to overtime or double overtime or something. One of Baker Mayfield's seasons, but but yeah, aside from that, no, it hasn't and this could be a time for them to change. You know, I've underestimated TCU, I think every single week of the last like 15 weeks and maybe they put it all together and just, and just still so baffling to me how they're 12. Yeah. (laughs) If, if they make a showing, you know, if they get there and they play Georgia and they play close and or somehow win, which would be incredible. um, I would, I would both love and hate that. I'm not even sure how much I would love that. I would I would probably hate it slightly more. Just kind of a sour grapes kind of thing. Yeah, so maybe there. they maybe they win the first one, Spencer. Maybe they get to the championship game and then <laughs> and then lose on a blocked punt or something weird. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, the Texas Tech season this year. Um, over under Texas Tech was, I guess, projected preseason to win five and a half games. Texas Tech ends up winning seven. Um, Michael, of the two of us, you were the most accurate in your projection predictions for the season. You went ten and two on the games. Uh, I went. Was that six and six? Yeah, I went six and six. <laughs> um, so 
you you were you only missed on uh, on, on TCU, and I I may have talked to you into changing that, uh, and then you picked the loss. Uh, you picked Texas Tech to lose to Oklahoma, but we ended up winning that one. So you you picked a win that we lost, and you picked a loss that we won. Um, so congrats of the twenty three personnel. You're the you're, you're the the pick winner. Thank um, you, thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor. The predictions I missed on were uh, I, I predicted a, a loss to Texas. I predicted a win versus Kansas State. I predicted a win versus Baylor. I predicted a win versus TCU, and then losses to Iowa State and Oklahoma. Glad well, we won my, the Iowa State game. Yeah, and, and in my defense, the day that we did those picks, I, I distinctly remember getting. I was, I was totally getting caught up in the Joey McGuire hype because I had six and six in my head all summer, and then all of a sudden I was like, "It's going to be seven and five. But where's that seventh win coming from?" And I said, why not Texas? Why not? So that was really all it was. I was just like, why not? What if, what if we just beat Texas at home? And so the, yeah, that's, that's where that came in. So I really came in thinking six and six yeah, with he, a loss to Texas. And then that, that day I was feeling it, man. <laughs> you went eight and O to start the season. Yeah. Anyways, pretty, um, pretty decent rattle. So thoughts on the, the dawn of the McGuire era. Um, I mean, obviously, to go seven and five, which is an improvement to, from your team last year, uh, with the the shakeup, obviously in the staff, um, mostly the same players. So there, there's that, but you also you just didn't you could never get consistency at the quarterback spot, whether it was just bad play or just unavailable for the guy to, to be there, right? Like you, you had four, three guys start four games, um. And like, I, I would say Shuck maybe even had the easiest of the four, but I mean, he had Murray state, but he only got a quarter versus them. Then he had Kansas, Iowa state, Oklahoma, Donovan Smith and, and Baron Morton, maybe a toss up for who had the, the tougher schedule. I would say maybe Donovan Smith. He had Houston, NC state, Texas, and Kansas state. Baron Morton obviously had the rest, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, Baylor, TCU. Um, so thought like this is just start from, from from the top down. Like, are you are you happy with the results that we got? Wins and losses. Are you happy with the direction of the program under uh, McGuire? The brand, uh, fourth down mentality, like everything that you can attribute to to McGuire. Like, where, where are you at? Because I'm I, like I'm like wholesale positive. I love it. We're, we're going the right direction. When I, I think of McGuire. That, that's where I'm at too. Um, I, I, I mean, you just heard me kind of walk through coming into the season all summer. I had a six wins kind of max in my head. And then on a whim, the day we recorded a podcast in August, I changed it to seven. And so I knew in my head this whole season, I thought, well, seven's still going to be optimistic to me. If we hit seven, that's more than I truly thought at one point. Um, tech did it. They did it against an OU team that they haven't beaten in 11 years. Um, yes, OU's down. I don't care. Y'all watch that game. OU had some really good players, and they had some guys that Tech was lucky to slow down at the right moment. Um, and, and Tech was able to you know, take advantage on their own of these good players. I mean, so what, what McGuire's doing, I, I do 
appreciate the fourth down part. Um, you know, Kitley, I have, I, I do think, but I think this is going to be similar with most offensive coordinators. I think sometimes he overthinks things a little bit or tries to do the more complicated thing with when something simpler might have worked. Of course, we don't know. We can say that easily. Um, but, you know, I'm going to have to eat some crow on what he did with Donovan Smith in the red zone. I was so worried about that coming into coming into the season, how that was going to change momentum, what that was going to do with Shuck. You know, how is that going to affect his psyche or anything like that or nothing, nothing at all. Donovan came in and scored touchdowns. I mean, that's what he did. He did that the last three games of the year and uh, or he got a first down or I I've got to eat some crow on that. The TCU game was a little bit rough because I think there was obviously that one read that he, he might've made differently, but I don't know if that's on Kitley at all because we got to see so many times before and after that one play in Fort Worth that when Donovan Smith comes in, they move the chains or they get the first down. I mean, yeah. or they get the touchdown. So I, that was something that I didn't know was how was that was going to work. It worked really well. Uh, it, it, it created different opportunities. It did confuse the de- the defense somewhat. Um, I mean, Smith did everything he was asked to do. So uh, the defense, I, back to them, really impressed with them, honestly. I, I know the numbers don't show it that much, and the pass defense got I, – I, I guess I think it was just Tyree Wilson was such a disruption up front that – quarterbacks had a little more time than they were used to, or maybe a little more confidence or something, uh, because that was the same secondary that's been playing all year. And actually we got our couple of our starters back that last game or two. So it's, that's kind of glaring, but, um, you know, I look at the recruiting class, we've got safeties in there, um, that are really impressive. You know, we've got a four-star guy coming out of Arlington and I, I, I do think that there is, so much progress with this program based off the recruiting tech still ranks number 22 right now in the 2023 class that puts them at number four in the big 12. Wait, 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 no, that's not right. I had that on a separate sheet. It's number five in the big 12, but you know, Texas and Oklahoma are one and two. So as far as the new big 12 is concerned, it's three. So they're behind TCU and Baylor right now. And of course, TCUs might go up a little bit um, and tech might go up a little bit, but just, just to answer your question in like 19 different <laughs> ways. Yes. I have a lot of positives from this year. Um, I mean, even down to clock management, which is something I gripe about a lot. I don't feel like that was ever really an issue in any of the games. And the fact that they were able to do all this with three different starting quarterbacks with three completely different styles and three different tailored offenses, which you're, you're going to kind of go through a little bit because you've brought some stats on the three quarterbacks. So um, it's especially obvious with Shuck what they did with him differently than what they did with Smith, you know, Smith and Morton, I feel like we're kind of more similar, but Shuck, I feel like he's almost more of an outlier than the other two, uh, what they were able to get out of him. But I, 
I'm very satisfied with this year. You know, we're we're excited getting to talk about a bowl game that Tech either maybe has never been to or hasn't been to in you know over a decade uh, with against an opponent that's going to be fun. Um, it's it's everything I could have hoped for, really, aside from you know going twelve and zero or something crazy. But but yeah, seven and five, first year, especially the way they won the games, the games they lost. They didn't get blown out aside from the Baylor game, but that was really that was really a bad fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think I'll start on the defensive side. Um, and the the numbers may not uh, reflect like a super successful defense i think we all felt that this defense was much it it felt much better than it actually was and i'd rather it be that way than the opposite you know i, I i'd rather feel like there's some some optimism and, and uh progressive tra- like a, a a good positive trend um also kind of selfishly i like i i i think maybe tim deruder didn't do enough to catch the eyes and get him hired away somewhere else. So I can get to keep him, <laughs> yeah. which is a good thing. I think that you get to, you get to maintain some, uh, have some stability there with another year with DeRuiter. I, I hope, um, because I think the system that you have, that you've been developing towards the players you've got, uh, on campus that are coming in, whether, you know, they're, they were part of the recruiting class or they're coming in with this new one. I'm optimistic for the defense to continue to get better. I mean, they gave up 250 passing yards, 165 rushing yards a game. Uh, They held opponents to fewer third and fourth down conversions than your offense. Uh, They gave up fewer points than your offense. I mean, Michael, how many, how many seasons have we gone in saying if only our defense could give up 30 or fewer points, right? Oh, like every season. Well, you, you did that. You gave it 29 and a half points this year. And even that was, it got inflated there towards the end because Oklahoma put up 48 on you. Um, which I guess on the flip side, you could also say, well, you only surrendered 10 to Iowa state, but, um, so I'm, I'm much more optimistic on, on the defense offensively. Michael, I've got some questions. Um, and, and to be fair to Kitley, like, again, you had, the issue with having to figure out how to to tailor the offense three different ways for three different starters throughout the season. Um, we were were very optimistic that you know you're going to take a, a a pretty good offensive group from last year and and to improve upon it. Um, and you just didn't. Uh, it wasn't bad. I just. You know, and and this probably just speaks more to my expectations, and they were just maybe unrealistic. Um, but total yards, you picked up a hundred total yards on the season over last year's offense. So, just a hundred, just a hundred. You you had five thousand four hundred twelve. Well, okay. Oh, I see. Hold on. That, oh, I thought you were talking that was for passing 13. yards. No, no, sorry. That and that was for 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 thirteen games. And this is for twelve, um, so you you will have, depending how how well the bowl game goes, you'll have quite a bit more 
total yards. So just with with the the total yards stats, just realize there were th- thirteen games last year versus the twelve games this year. But you had a hundred more total yards this year than you did last year. Um, you had two hundred and thirty more rushing yards last year. Uh, so if you pick up two hundred thirty yards on the ground in the bowl game, you did something just extreme. Um, you had. 340 more passing yards this year than last year. Obviously, we talked about it, how Cumbie's offense was surprisingly much more run-based than, than, than pass. Um, your yards per attempt went way down this year. It went from 8.6 last year to 6.96 this year. Almost um, two full yard difference. Uh, you threw for seven more touchdowns this year than last year. You ran the ball 15 more times so far this season than you did last year, but success rate, you were, he had 4.7 yards per carry last season to 3.8 this season. Uh, you ran in five more rushing touchdowns, and you've scored nine more points this year than last year. So I guess we, 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 we can kind of hold off a little bit on the, the apples-to-apples comparison once we get past the bowl game. Um because I think a lot of it may have to do with, like I said, with the quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, if we have a, a, a consistent starter the entire year and have an identity that we can stay committed to games one through 13, it would look a lot different. Um, and obviously year two in a system is going to be a lot better than year one. Um, Shuck finished the year. I mean, two of your three quarterbacks finished not completing 60% of their passes. Um, Shuck finished at 50, 59.4% just over a thousand yards, six passing touchdowns, three interceptions, carried the ball 47 times, which I think was a surprise. Like he was a much better runner than than I was expecting coming in 47 Mm -hmm. carries for 158 yards, two more touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Donovan Smith and the game plan when he was in in was, was the throw. He was 146 for 221. Um, I mean, he's got more completions than almost both of these guys attempts. Uh, he completed 66% of his passes on the season, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions, carried the ball 76 times for 116 yards, but he also ran in seven more touchdowns. So he had 19 total touchdowns this season. The seven rushing touchdowns is tied for team lead with Taj Brooks. And then Baron Morton completed 57% of his passes for uh, 1,100 yards. Uh, seven touchdowns, to six interceptions, 42 carries, 79 total yards, and then two more rushing touchdowns. Um, so I, I, I said, I, I, I will withhold a little bit more of my, my critical judgment on the offense until we get a good 13 games in. Um, but the yards per attempt and the yards per rush, I think are left a lot to be desired. Um, that may have to do with, like I said, the quarterback and offensive line. I think both those things will be addressed because you'll get a couple guys back from injury that were uh, injured this year, unavailable this year. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about, uh, just the the sustainability, Michael, of having all three of these quarterbacks on the roster. Uh and maybe I'm just reading way too much into it. I, I think we're about to hear uh, that your most recent starter is is heading out the door. Um, some of the comments he made in, in the post game, um, 
you know, had he had he just had some fire about, you know, playing with a chip on his shoulder and, and wanting to prove people wrong, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be a lot more excited about it and like behind him. But when he specifically called out guys in this building down the hallway, the staff, and said, screw them, I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if, yeah. that, uh, if that bodes too well for long-term uh, future for Tyler Shuck. And, and that, uh, that's probably not, not, not even part of his plan because Don Williams in the, the post game followed that, the question up with, do you know what, what you're going to do next? And he said, no, no, not yet. He's going to, you know, whether it's going to declare for the the draft or or the portal or anything like that. He didn't seem committed just then to one path. But those comments, um, like I said, had he just said media fans or whatever, like just not believing in me, it's one thing. I want to go out there and prove him wrong. Uh, but when he <laughs> when he mentioned the staff and people within the building, I was like, yeah, it's probably that does the that, writing's that on the wall there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it rubbed me the wrong way because hey, the kid can say what he wants because he's six and zero oh in games he's finished, started and finished at Texas Tech. He's seven and one as as a true starter. And that one loss, I guess, was UD. Yeah, last year. Um, so, I, I, I mean, he could say what he wants, and if that's true, I mean, there's obviously maybe been. I don't know if there's been words said or rumor or what, but he has not been given the same benefit of the doubt, maybe, as some of the other guys. Um, I don't know if they were, well, I don't know what they were questioning. I don't know if they're questioning his ability, his durability, uh, his, his commitment to rehabbing or anything. There's no telling, but it was enough for him to say that in that moment, he might've regretted it later. Um, who knows? Cause you know, to, to have said it in that moment after game that you won, that, you know, you should be pretty positive and pretty high. And, you know, if it was a game that tech had lost, then, but he played really well in, then I, I think I could see it coming out a little bit more. I think this means that it's it's really stuck with him even even more. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that whatever happened, I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up at another school if if he decides to enter the portal or or move on or something. But um, it it's not it doesn't sound like a very good situation, but. If anyone can write the ship, Spencer, it's Joey McGuire, don't you think? Don't you think he can figure out a way to I'm – sh- I'm sure they had a discussion. Don't you reckon they had a discussion after this? Possibly. You would think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, personally, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their stats and the games they played, and like the, ga- the teams they faced um, – like honestly, like I, I know, I know Shuck came in, and they were even before he started last season. They were there were thoughts and rumors and projections that he was going to be a high NFL guy, um, and just didn't get enough time last year. So him staying on for another season was, I think, more than he had planned on. Uh, I, I thought, you know, initial plans were he was going to come in, he's going to play for Cumby, put up a lot of numbers, and then leave. Um, and then he stayed one more year because he just didn't play enough last year. I don't know if he's played right. enough this year, um, but it felt like he's kind of he's from 
from my my putting things together, his plan of being here one year, and then how it's gone over the two years he's been here, putting all that together says like he's not he's not happy one way or the other. Um, so I, I, and, and honestly, I, I don't blame him. Like if, if he wants to look elsewhere, whether it's to transfer or to, to, to try to go professional, that's, that's perfectly fine. Like that was, um, that was his plan all along. And we, we, we kind of understood that and knew that when he was coming in, we're like, great, well then come be great here. Uh, and then go, go, go on and play professionally. Um, but if there's a way that like, if, if Shuck does end up leaving that you can hang on to the other two guys and if you could somehow convinced Donovan Smith like hey that role that you played in the last couple of games like like we want you to be quarterback too but also you, this goal line stuff and and short yardage stuff and trick play and like putting you in as a tight end as a running back as a wildcat back as a receiver like just finding all kinds of ways to get you the ball if you can be okay not being the starting quarterback, but having that role and then keeping Baron Morton, like I, w- I would be all for that. I would too. I would like the, I would like to look at that. I know that would be a lot, possibly a tough pill for, um, for Donovan Smith to swallow, but he is a, a kid that if I remember right, he was more of a quote unquote athlete in football and until was it his senior year was the only year he played quarterback? Yeah, because he, he transferred in from uh, Las Vegas as a wide receiver. He got yeah. the friendship, played quarterback there. Um, and then he's played primarily quarterback until this season. Right. So, so having that background may make him more open to it. You know, there may be parts of a wide, being a wide receiver or, you know, having the ball, not having to – you know, be the quarterback. There may be parts of that, that he's still, that he misses a little bit or he, you know, at least it's, he's, it was exposed to it. It's not like they're asking him to do completely drastic things from, from stuff that he has never done before. Um, so I would hope that, I mean, I think that would be an ideal scenario. I, I do think that, um, you know, the issues he had with, 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 you know, getting sacks and, if they're on the ball, the ball the other, over to the other yeah, team. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to dog on the guy. Cause he, he was great, especially when his number was called. Uh, once he wasn't the starter anymore, when his number was called, his success rate was incredible. Yeah. I mean, we should be able to, I, I wonder if we could look it up. I mean, like I think 90% of the time he went in there, it was either a first down or a touchdown or something. I mean, it was, it was incredible. What he was able to do in that offense uh, when, and, I, I think that there's something there. I think it's pretty special. I hope he sees it, and I hope that Kitley communicates that to him and, and convinces him to stick around. Um, I don't understand, you know, something, you know, you're going back through these quarterback numbers. Maybe maybe they thought or maybe he did. You know, maybe Smith, when he was QB1, responded better with a faster uh, – you know, a, a faster play clock basically because man, they turned out the plays. That was that stretch that Houston, NC state, Texas, K state. That was that stretch where tech was running like, you know, 30 plays more than the other team. Mm-hmm. And it was usually while he was in there. And I know they, they did that a little bit with Morton, but then when Shuck got back in, it seemed like Kitley slowed things down a lot more. And, and that may have just been naturally because it does seem like he was running the ball more. 
Um, but even when they were running the ball with Smith, it was just boom. They were they were firing plays off so fast. So I, I don't know where that came from or what the thought process was there, but it did still lead to a, a lot of turnovers and um, you know a lot of sacks and negative yardage plays. But yeah, that would be a dream scenario for me. I think at this point is to have Morton come back, play QB one. Smith come in when his number's called to absolutely dominate when it is because he has so far. And then we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. If Shuck leaves, I mean, if, if Shuck stays, I mean, I, I've kind of been a p- proponent of him this whole year. I was pretty happy when he would got the nod at the, at the beginning of the year. Um, I still feel like he's a good quarterback. I mean, he, and like you said, he, he is a good runner he he's a lot more durable than I thought he was. <laughs> that was the thing that probably worried me the most. And, well, um, I mean, he, he was, he still missed significant time in both years with an injury. No, of course. But I meant those last, as much as he ran those last three games. Yeah. Okay. He, he held his own, you know, he, he didn't get hurt, which you never want to see, but so uh, I, I, I like hate to admit it, but if Shuck comes back, like, and you have to lose one of the three, then I would like, I, I would hope that they would. I don't, I don't, I don't want to even speak it, but like, I, I hope they like, okay, Donovan, like you, your role here. I don't know, because like you, you want to keep Morton, right? Like you want to keep the the future, and you, you you've got more years with Morton left. Um, and when he was in, like he looked worlds better than than Smith did, and, and not, not that Smith was bad; they just played different games, but. I mean, that 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 start versus Oklahoma State maybe like if if Morton for whatever reason never works out, that start against Oklahoma State is going to be his undoing because he was just so dang yeah. good that day. Well, in West um, Virginia too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, West Virginia's not wasn't a good team, but I mean, his first two games as a starting quarterback were really impressive. Yeah. So, like, I think the cleanest. <laughs> way for this to move forward is, is you keep two, you keep Baron Morton and Donovan Smith. Uh, and you, you somehow are able to convince Donovan Smith to, to sign up for this, this hybrid role, this, uh, specialized, uh, red zone role, um, and QB two, right. Cause nobody behind Smith is going to come up and, and take that job really. Like it's, it's a, it's a true freshman, Jake Strong, who's coming in, yeah, yeah, um, that you would hope, like, hey, we, we we need you to to learn the system behind some of these really good guys ahead of you, or walk on, you know, Cooper Lefebvre from Lubbock Cooper. So I don't, I I, I don't want to push anybody out the door, but I was like, if if for whatever reason we can only keep two of the guys, and that's just me, I guess, projecting that you could have two guys decide they don't want to say like. Shuck and Morton, Morton may both go like, "Hey, well, that's not for us. We're leaving." Like, well, Smith, we're riding with you, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm, it, it'd be fine. Um, because I, I, I think if we can be committed to one guy as as QB one and have a consistent presence there, I think the offense will figure itself out much better in year two. Whoever it is, right? Like, if it's Morton or Smith or Shuck, um. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at the the games that the first game that the the this the quarterback started as QB one. So you know, Shuck had a great showing those first seven or eight passes he completed against Murray State. Of course, Smith came in. This is maybe this isn't the best example because Smith came in and played really well against Murray State too. Um, but then also had a great game against Houston. Some some bad things went, you know, happened in that game, but uh, a lot of good things did, and it was a, a lot of it because of of him and and possibly how they prepared him for the week to get to that game to start. Uh, this you know same can be said for Morton. Morton came in to some situations and didn't look as good as he did starting out of the gate in Stillwater. You know, Shuck came into some situations at the end of the year looking really bad, honestly, but then he had a full week of prep played really well against Kansas, um, you know, played well on the road against Iowa state and beat Oklahoma. So it's, I think to your point, um, Whoever gets the nod, this you'll you'll see a, an uptick in in what they were able to do this year versus next year. I think. <sighs> yeah. Have we exhausted this enough? Because, man, I don't know. I I think it's just such such a weird year to have three quarterbacks and have them all do different things, do some things really well, some things not so well. And, and then, but also win football games. So you really don't want to, to me, there, there's not like a, a, a jumps off the page, obvious thing aside from maybe not shuck only because of his eligibility. Yeah. If you're thinking long-term, I think he would be the one that you would secretly hope that he decides to go pro or finds another thing. And then the, you know, like you said, Smith stays, Morton stays, and the solution kind of works itself out. But, but yeah, if all three of them are on the roster next year, I mean, that'd be great. But I would be very surprised. <sighs> yeah, I would too. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like discredit or, or talk bad about Shuck. But I was just, I was going back and looking at his, his game by game stats. Is like. None of them really like jump off the page. Like he didn't have like a great game. Like well, the Kansas game was okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I think what jumps off the page for me okay. is well, the his um his rushing yards. I mean, he doubled. He doubled Morton on rushing yards with five less carries, or just only five more carries. I mean, he had Smith had seventy six carries, and still had forty yards less. Than oh. what Shuck was able to do. A lot of those carries for Smith were, were sacks. I know <laughs> Shuck didn't get sacked as much, and and he faced a really tough defense with Iowa State. And Kansas has a decent defense. I mean, yeah. it was just they they all had varying parts of their games that uh, kind of conflicted one another, and Shuck was by far the best running quarterback. Even though Morton did have. S- flashes but he took some sacks too that he shouldn't have yeah okay all right we've, we've, we've probably over we've exhausted it exhausted that when and and, and we'll I've, see I've how it shakes no out. conclusions yeah we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> see how it shakes out because we're not 
any, we don't have any control of that. Whether or not, you know, they listen to the podcast, like, well, there's one guys, they, they said this, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to leave or I'm going <laughs> to stay and, and compete even harder to prove them wrong. Um, just like, you know, whatever. It, it'll just be interesting. Uh, cause like, I, I don't think you'll have all, all three back for, for next season. And I've obviously told, I've told you what my, uh, what my desire would be, but we'll see. I think worst case scenario, just just worst case scenario would be that Morton leaves for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's probably the worst. All right, let's uh, let's get to basketball, Michael. Let's we got some games to talk about. Okay, recap and then uh, preview. So let's do that. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into three. Going to puts it down. Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. All right, let's uh let's do a quick update. Texas Tech threw six games on the season, four and two. They went one and two at the Maui Jim Maui. I hate how there's two Mauis in that Jim Maui Jim Maui Invitational. Uh, dropped games versus. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> uh, Ohio State and Creighton defeating Louisville. Uh, Ken Palm give you a bump up. Uh, you're currently sitting at 26th, uh, 43rd in offense, and 18th in defense. Haslametrics has you at 16th overall, 35th in offense, and 13th, ouch, in defense. Um, most recent game, uh, you played the Ohio State Buckeyes, you dropped that game 80 to 73. Um, I mean, it was close both halves. You, you, you know, we're down 41, 37 at the half, uh, and then outscored, you know, three points in the second half. Um, Ohio state got to five and one through the game. Bacho, uh, from the field, man, he went seven of 10, uh, and hit a three pointer, hit six of his seven free throws for 21 points. I don't think that's a, a type of performance you can expect going forward, but no. if we can get anywhere near that, he also had six rebounds, four assists, two, sorry, those are four. He had four fouls, two assists, two turnovers, and a steal um, in 34 minutes. O'Banner uh, is maybe, hopefully, picking up on his three-point shooting in this game. He went 50%, two of four, seven of 12 from the field. Uh, he had 19 points. You had, you know, overall, you had four guys in double figures and a fifth guy, Pop Isaacs, with eight. 
Uh, Davion Harmon had three, 33 minutes, 10 points. Uh, Jalen Tyson, 21 minutes, 10 points. Pop Isaacs, 34 minutes. That's a ton of minutes for him, yeah. I think. 34 minutes, 8 points. Um, his turnovers, thankfully, have been coming way down. He only had uh, – Pop Isaacs had two in this game. Uh, in terms of turnovers, the issue is Kevin O'Banner. He had four. You, you, had, you had 10 in the game. So you're, you're – through the season, you're getting much better uh, with the turnovers. Um, you shot, you know, for the game almost 51% from the field. Uh, but, you know, almost, almost, Michael, 28% from three. Uh, that percentage is going to go up quite a bit. Uh, but you were 12 of 13 from the free throw line for 92%. Yeah, um, that three point that three point killed you in the second half. One of 10. One of 10 in the second half from three. Yeah, and, and Ohio State was able to shoot 40% from three for, on the game. Uh, they were five of 13 in the first half, three of seven in the second half. They shot 52% from the, the field for the game. And we're perfect 18 of 18 on their free throws. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of things jump out aside from that, I mean, that awful three-point percentage in the second half, to be honest. I mean, rebounds weren't drastically different. You know, it was one rebound different versus the two teams. You know, the free throw disparity, if you even want to call it that, was five of uh, there just wasn't a whole lot there except tech could not make a three pointer to save their life in the second half. And like you mentioned, you know, this, as much as I've loved watching Bacho dominate games like this, he had a, I think he made first team of the conference at uh, the conference, sorry, tournament. first team of the tournament. And rightfully so. I mean, the man was incredible all weekend, but I don't think he can be expected to do this as much as he has. But then again, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe he's going to have a double-double almost every game or something, or you know, he'll have these 18, 19, 21-point games here and there. And that was just – I knew to expect something more – and I feel like we say this every time, but he still keeps exceeding our expectations. I knew to expect it. It's still more than I expected. And then – it's even more than I expected after I've adjusted my expectations, if that makes any sense. He's, he's yeah. just really played well. And, um, I, you know, had four fouls, but played 34 minutes. So was still able to, you know, pretty much manage that the entire game. But I, I think we just can't expect him to do this all season. And hopefully Dawes will get back and give him a little bit of relief. And, some of these other guys will get going a little bit more offensively. Uh, it's just, it's been incredible to watch, but also it's like, man, it's just never all clicking at the same time. Yeah. So to your point about uh, the, the, the tournament, he scored 17 points in the first game versus Creighton nine versus Louisville, 21 versus Ohio state. So 47 points in three games. Um, he had, oh, I'm trying to do quick math. 18, 23 total rebounds in three games uh, on the season. He's averaging just over seven rebounds per game. Um, he's got 11 blocks on the season, six steals, 75 points. He's averaging 12 and a half points per game. Um, very nearly averaging a double, double. I say yeah. very nearly. He needs 
two and a half more rebounds a game to, to get there. But man, yeah, even, even his quote unquote light performance against Louisville of nine points that he still had 12 rebounds. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he had three blocks, he had three steals. I mean, he, he's impacting everything. He just, even in the game where he didn't get on the scoreboard that much, he was still all over the place. Yeah, and then for, for Ohio State, I mean, like everything ran through Justice Suing. I mean, he had 30, 33 points in 31 minutes. Incredible. Um, a familiar name and Isaac Likely transferred from Oklahoma State. You just can't get away from this guy. Uh, he was a starter, played 31 minutes, uh, but you held him to four points on only three field goal attempts. Three field goal attempts in 31 minutes. Um. Yeah. And, you know, Pop Isaacs and Davion Harmon each going 0 for 4 from three-point land. That's just – I think Harmon was forcing it a little bit. Uh, but Isaacs, that's not going to happen with Isaacs hardly ever. I mean, we've already Hope seen not. that. Yeah. So I, I just think there was just – just enough things went wrong uh, on on the long ball. And I think that was ultimately what cost the game. Yeah, so you uh, you got a couple of good quality opponents uh, in that tournament. Uh, not so much looking forward until you get to conference play, starting with uh, Georgetown tomorrow. It's a Wednesday night. Um, they are 169th in the country. Uh, with the your Texas Tech has a projected win of nearly 20 points, 78 to 59. Uh, the Hoyas are led by guard Primo Spears is averaging almost 38 minutes a game. Michael <laughs> mm. dude never takes a, a breath. Wow. Um, 17 points, three and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, uh, and just two turnovers. Uh, he's shooting 42% from the field and 33% from three. Um, they've got four guys that average double figures. So offensively, uh, they're they're decent offensively, um, but you know if you're four and three, and 160th whatever in the country, it's not your offense that's that's keeping you down. It's your defense. But um, I mean, like I said, they, these guys uh, guard Primo Spears, Brandon Murray, Jay Heath, and then their center uh, Cutis Wahab Wahab. I'm 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 butchering that name. Um, those are the four guys that average double figures. Uh, Brandon Murray's 15 and a half points. Jay Heath's 14 and a half points and Wahab is, um, 12 and a half. Uh, Wahab has, you know, is averaging more than seven rebounds a game. They have a Ford, Acock, Acock, Akak, Akak. <laughs> I, I haven't watched any of their games. So I, I don't have the, like the pronunciation here. A-K-O-K. Um, he's averaging more than eight, sorry, eight points a game, but eight rebounds a game. Um, so he's, he's definitely very active, but, uh, if it's, if it's going to be a 20 point game, uh, this would be one of your more, more competitive games, at least on your, uh, remaining non-conference schedule. Cause, uh, Georgetown's 169, uh, next Wednesday, the following game, the seventh versus Nichols, they're 194th, uh, Tuesday, the 13th, 210 Eastern Washington set the. December 17th, Saturday game versus Jackson State, 324. Then you get to the week of Christmas, December 21st. It's Wednesday. Houston Christian is 354. 
Tuesday after Christmas, the 27th, it's 355 South Carolina State. So your competitive basketball is uh, is ahead of you when you get to Big 12 play. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of a, a break from from that really good tournament field. Um, and I, I know guys like John Rothstein were saying just how loaded the Maui Jim Maui tournament field was in terms of talented teams. Uh, and you definitely saw that throughout, you know, the, the, the weekend up there or out there, but you get, like I said, a little break, getting you ready for a big 12 play to kind of hopefully figure things out. Uh, Cause that'll start on new year's Eve, Saturday, the 31st at TCU uh, where, you know, as much as we talked about TCU being kind of sneaky, good, they've kind of, they've kind of fallen a little bit uh, at this point. You know, a month out, you are a projected road favorite there in Fort Worth, 68-63. Um, then lots of basketball to be played until you get there. Um, but you've got, like I said, lots of opportunities coming up starting tomorrow night, Wednesday night versus Georgetown, 7 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Um, if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, you're going to need it because this game, Nichols, Eastern Washington, Houston Christian, South Carolina State, they're all going to be on East ESPN+. Plus. The one in uh, Houston versus Jackson State is still to be determined, but right, yeah, not a station there yet. I mean, Georgetown, they they lost last week to a school called American University, seventy four to seventy, and this is the first time that American has beaten Georgetown since nineteen eighty two. Um, so that they're not. Tech should not have trouble with this team. If they do, that's a bad sign. And then it's just like Spencer said, you know, the quality of the team's tech plays beyond this will uh, will diminish all the way, you know, almost pretty much in order until uh, they head to Fort Worth. But, you know, speaking of the Big 12, just kind of wanted to update everybody on oh, yeah. how, how everyone else is doing. Um Last week on Wednesday, Kansas took down North Carolina State. So I'm, I'm I kind of took up some uh, some notable games. Basically, you know, anytime a Big Twelve team lost, or anytime they played a what I deemed a quality opponent. Uh, so Kansas did beat North Carolina State last week. Uh, Kansas State beat LSU by two points. Kansas State still. Uh, one of the only two undefeated Big 12 teams, them in Texas, are 6-0. and uh, Thursday on Thanksgiving, I didn't realize there were this many Thanksgiving games, Kansas squeaked out against Wisconsin by one. Iowa State beat Villanova by two. OU beat Nebraska 69-56. West Virginia lost to Purdue 68-80, which is kind of interesting because then they went on to pummel Florida on Sunday, 84 to 55. So I think they took that personally. Uh, moving on to Friday, Iowa State beat North Carolina by five. So that seems noteworthy to me. Kansas then lost by 14 to Tennessee. TCU beat Cal by 11. Uh, TCU went on to win against Iowa on Saturday. And then OU beat Ole Miss on Sunday. Iowa State then lost a pretty bad one to UConn, 71-53. And then tonight. I was about to say, speaking of losing a bad one. Tonight, 
your Baylor Bears. Not my went Baylor to Bears. Marquette. Went to Shaka Smart's house and almost got a hundred put on them. They were down fifty-one twenty-five at halftime, and it didn't get much better. And they lost ninety-six to seventy against five and two Marquette. Ouch. Currently unranked Marquette, but you know <laughs> that may change after this week. So Baylor's beatable. Um, you know, I think we all could kind of see that already. Uh, I think Texas is really going to be tough, but, um, you know, to see Baylor go down. Yeah, it was a true road game, but it can happen to anybody, but losing by 26, that's, that doesn't just happen. So, um, we might ought to watch the tape on that Spencer and turn on our notes to coach Adams <laughs> and see what he can come up with. Cause I'm sure. He yeah. Listened. Yeah. That just happened while we were recording. That was wrapping up. It was, I, I don't really, I didn't get to watch it. So I would, I'm just assuming that Marquette jumped up to a big lead and then that was that <laughs> Yeah, just never, never recovered. Are you concerned about the Texas tech basketball team this year, Michael? Like, where, where, where's your level of concern? I mean, I'm a little bit concerned because um, um, my level of – I'm really defensively. You know, that's something – I think the offense has a better chance of being more productive than what we saw last year, maybe even the year before. But I don't think the defense is going to be there. Um and that's going to be something that they can't rely on as much as they used to be able to. So that, that will kind of change their game plan. And it's it's a riskier game plan to me to rely more on offense than defense. That's what worries me. But I don't worry about them getting, you know, blown out of the gym or, you know, not finishing in the top half of the conference. I'm not there right now. I haven't seen enough to to worry me to that extent because even this Ohio State game, uh, they were really in it, and you know a couple of things went a different way at the end that could have changed the outcome of the game. Creighton was they went on to be in the championship game and they barely lost to Arkansas. Yeah, I'm talking about a team we lost to barely losing and thinking that's positive. So no, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not too crazy about it yet because I don't expect these guys to all be on the exact same level this early. Um, but you know, where are you? Where what are you thinking? I still don't know this team yet, and, and they don't. I don't think they know themselves yet, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I, I don't expect to. I think, as a whole, the Big Twelve is down. Sorry, my chair just decided to. Uh, just explode and creak. I was adjusting. It was like, um, <laughs> so like you, the conference can still be really competitive, but not be top to bottom as good as it was in previous years. Um, so I, I, I think even though this team may not be as good as, as teams in the past couple of years, you can still be and should be top half top third of the conference. Um, I just, I, I, I would have expected the offense to look, and, and it's probably just cause I, I'm just not as, I'm just, 
they don't have the keen eye to to, to pick out the differences so far. And I, I expected the offense to look different, um, to be more more effective and efficient. And I ex- just I have high, so high expectations on the defense, and neither one have been met. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm I'm concerned, but like I said, I, I think the rest of the conference is down. So I, I still think you can finish out and, and still be competitive within the conference. I just don't think it's the, I don't think this is a deep tournament run type team. Yeah. I, you know, with, if when Dawes comes back, we may feel a little bit more. If he comes back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, it just makes it sound like I'm not high on this team at all. I, but I am, I just don't want, I'm just not expecting them. Like you said, I'm, I'm not expecting a deep tournament run out of them. I think they're a talented group of players. I think they'll be fun to watch. And, uh, you know, tech will probably win some. They, you know, it's just the same stuff you think every time they'll win some, they probably shouldn't have, and they'll lose some that they shouldn't have. But I, I'm not just out here thinking, oh yeah, tech's going to blow the doors off everybody. I don't feel that way. There, there are a lot of gaps in this offense and in this defense and, and especially in the defense, I think just what we're not used to seeing, we're seeing a lot of penetration into the middle. You know, this no middle def- defense is not necessarily living up to its name so far this season. Um, so I, I'm adjusting, not adjusting. I just, it was just such a question mark to me anyway, coming into this season, what to expect, but, uh that doesn't mean I'm, I think this is a failure of a year or anything if Tech does finish fifth in the Big 12. Or, you know, I, I just think that's going to be expected and that's something that we're going to have happen every now and then with a brand new roster just about every year. Yeah. And it's something that I think, uh, I, you know, everybody's talking about like just getting teams to, to play together um, that are, you know, so much turnover through the roster. And I think that's. One is kind of the, the direction of the the sport is going, but also you've you've built um, your your coaching staff with with guys that have played and and, and co- sorry not played coached highly on the the JUCO level and and those rosters are always turning like they're they're always in flux right you're you're recruiting guys for two years max anyways so I I, I think you're you've you're, you're you're just kind of, you're still trying to find your your stride, your balance with the with this new set of set of players, um, and we've seen teams come together late in the season. We've we've seen it like gel earlier, and I don't know. We'll just kind of see how this kind of plays out. But I mean, basketball is exciting. Texas Tech is just I'm not like uh, beating my chest with. The, the highest expectations of of the team for this year. So let's uh, let's wrap this up with what we learned and get you ready for the basketball game tomorrow. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So uh, we talked a lot tonight about basketball, about football, quarterbacks. Michael, you're a you're a little note here for what do we learn. Yeah, is classically not sports. So, it is not sports. Um, it's about farming simulator, which I haven't talked about in a while. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. Maybe maybe thirty minutes. 
but <clears throat> a proud moment, proud dad moment over the break. I've been playing uh, my five-year-old. I had a save game for her on Farming Simulator 19, which is the older game. And we'd go in there and mess around, but it was mainly her, you know, just kind of having me do stuff. And then she would slowly start to kind of want to ride the horse or walk around or whatever. And then so she would see me playing the newer game and she could tell the difference, which is Farming Simulator 22. And she said, hey, can I have my own game on that? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's create it tonight. So we got in there. I cheated a bunch of money in there because who cares? And I thought, man, she's actually going to really get into some farming. But it's just cool because she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't really just kind of explore on her own. She would kind of get stuck and get frustrated and hand it off to me. But something changed in like the last two weeks where she was all she's all about exploring, figuring it out, getting in a vehicle, trying to drive it, uh, walking around, picking up stuff you know, checking on cows, all, all this, all this stuff. I mean, she's totally into it, but it has nothing to do with farming. So like this evening before we got on, she's like, Hey, can we play farming simulator? And, you know, after I cried a little bit, I said, sure. And so we played for a while and all we did was she went to this gas station and she just walked around the gas station, picking up random things and throwing them in the road. <laughs> so like chairs, uh, you know, these like watering cans, cone, traffic cones. Oh, you can pick up all sorts of random things on these farming simulator maps. And I don't know why, I guess just because. And so that's, that's was how she spent that last night when we played, um, she just drove the train the whole time. And then a few nights before she rode her horse around for forever and walked around a lot and, made me figure out how to buy her a pink pickup truck. <laughs> um, she parked a semi truck in the garage of her house and parked it in so crooked and so wompy jawed that I could not get it out. I had to reset the truck and send it back to the store. She had a <laughs> semi truck parked in her garage and, and unbeknownst to me, I know you haven't watched the show, but, uh, when she has a farmhouse, it's very important to her that it's a farmhouse. You can actually go in and so I found one on the on mod on the mod site and I didn't even really catch it until after we downloaded it and installed it. But it's a, supposed to be a replica of Walter White's house in Breaking Bad. <laughs> There's a pizza on the roof. There's like a, a closet that has a um, a blue barrel full of cash. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't know it was going to be that. So that's a little uh, Easter egg for for dear old dad but but yeah she's got horses and pigs and and chickens and she's growing strawberries but she really doesn't care about it because she'd rather play with the dog and walk around and mess with traffic it's fun <laughs> it's it's bizarre so yeah that's what i learned farming simulator with a five-year-old really isn't about farming which is fine i i, I say this time we bring it up i, I want to get back and play the game a little bit more I just started a new save game. It's the first time I played it in a few months, and I just, I just it, it different enough. I was like having to relearn everything, and I was like, "Oh, that was a quick two hours, and I didn't get anything I wanted to get done done." Um, because I got to get I on also, the crossplay, man. I also got like all all I I cheated in a bunch of cash, so I could 
just buy and build everything I wanted to, like the farm, and then figure out the land that I wanted and uh, figure out if I wouldn't need to just uh, to hire out the the harvesting of that land or just plow it up and because like yeah because yeah. like if it's one of those those crops I have no interest in like sustaining like sugarcane yeah or potatoes like I'm not I'm not messing with any of that um like give me the grains give me cotton give me stuff like that that I can like the the equipment is more universal cotton is just. I, I, my first map, yeah, I went all in on cotton and it has paid off so well. It, it's such a, yeah, it pays so well in this game. It's It pays so much in this game. <laughs> Just like real life, right, guys? Oh, sure. I'm sure it does. Anyways, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Um, yeah, we got the football season, the regular season all wrapped up. Bowl game to be announced before we come back on next Tuesday. We won't have an instant reaction this week because the football season's done. Um, we got basketball games coming up starting tomorrow, Wednesday night. Next game will be next Tuesday after that. But for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.